Hello and welcome to another podcast episode for Redeemer Church in Columbus, Mississippi. Our desire with these episodes is to provide quality content based on the material we're working through in our weekly core group meetings. We're striving to build a multi-demographic community of believers with the purpose of glorifying God through proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, and resting in Christ. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, by now you know that this is another episode of the Redeemer Church Columbus podcast. Thank you, Joel, for making that sweet intro. And listener, if you stay tuned, you will hear an outro that sounds very similar. I wanted to thank Joel for that because he does fantastic work in audio and video. Um, And then he also makes some pretty funny YouTube videos, so check him out. But guys, thank you again for taking a listen. As we've kind of expressed already, the point of this podcast as of right now is to really explore the topics that we're addressing during our core group meetings to provide a quality and just beneficial content for the listener based upon that. Um, The purpose really being that if you're not able to come to our core group, that you would have a chance to kind of work through the material we have worked through, or maybe you did get the chance to go and, and come to us and join us for this meeting. It gives you an opportunity to just kind of get a refresh throughout the week, or maybe you're coming and being a part of the church later on and you did not get the first few months of the teaching. And so the goal then would be for you to have something to go back and listen to on the core values and the mission and vision. Uh, Really, it's just the direction of the church overall. Or maybe you're listening to this and you're not a part of the church and didn't even know the church existed and you want to hear more information, you can go to RedeemerColumbus.com and check us out and contact us for more information. But in just a moment, we're going to read the first core value, which is biblical preaching and teaching. But before we do, I want to read the preface, because I think this is important. Because as we look at our core values, there's this common theme, which is the word biblical. We have that in front of every aspect of our core values. And what we want to, for the listener to understand and the people of this church to understand, and even those that are in the community that are not a part of the church to understand, is that in expressing the word biblical in our core values... We're not claiming that other approaches are unbiblical or other churches are unbiblical, but rather that our desire is to ensure that Scripture is the determining factor in every area of the church's structure and practice. And so it's not to say we're better or we have things figured out and other churches don't, but rather just to reassure those who are a part of the church and those who are invested in the church knows that our approach is seeking Scripture above our own thoughts, opinions, or even desires when starting this church. So David, uh, I think that's enough of the preface. Why don't you go ahead and read the first core value for us? Yeah, so since we believe that uh, the primary authority of the church and the believer is the Word of God, we are committed to preaching verse by verse through books of the Bible during our weekly worship gatherings. Though we are convinced that this is the best way to ensure the Word of God stays central in all the church's structure and practice, there will be occasions when it is necessary to address specific topics or themes. Even in these moments, the the elder preaching would be committed to presenting God's word in an expositional manner. Likewise, during any other time members of the church are gathered for the teaching of God's word, we are committed to maintaining true biblical teaching as our focus. 
This prevents anything else from becoming what shapes our understanding of God and our relationship with Him. All right, so in him reading this, there may have been a few things that stood out that maybe you're not familiar with or you might would have questions about. And I'm surely not going to address every question out there um, because much of the document I'm not going to handle. But I do want to point out just a few statements and phrases that were used and even kind of lead this into what it's going to mean uh, to gather under the authority of God's Word outside of the Sunday gathering. The first thing, though, is this idea of eschatical preaching, uh, or more specifically, eschatically working verse by verse throughout books of the Bible. And what that means is that we're committed to approaching Scripture in such a way that our first question is, what does God intend to communicate to the original audience? Meaning, how was God inspiring this author to write words in such a way that the original audience, meaning those who is writing to, would understand something about God and God's character and our relationship to Him. So our question in approaching Scripture is not, first, what does this mean to me? But rather, what does God want to communicate to His readers? And then the preacher doing the work of building this bridge in between original context and personal and current context. Meaning that the preacher would do the work of explaining what the Scripture means, and then tying that to the personal life of the believers within the church and congregation. So that's the exegetical part. The verse by verse through books of the Bible is simply working one verse at a time through specific books of the Bible. And the way this would look is as of right now, and I don't want to speak too far in advance, but as of right now, the first books of the Bible that I believe the elders will preach through here at Redeemer Church once it launches around September will be the book of Ruth. And so the way that we would handle that is starting in verse 1 of chapter 1 and preaching it all the way through until the last verse of the entire book. Keeping the same focus of the book in the central part of the book, uh, the preaching, and then just working verse by verse, statement by statement, word for word throughout the text itself. And then after Ruth was completed, we will move on to something different. And really, this ensures that we are preaching the whole counsel of God's word. We're handling topics in scripture that we may not approach any other time. And this also just helps the everyday believer in the congregation to be ensured that they're not receiving a soapbox topic or the common topic of the day from the pastor, but rather they're receiving the authority of God's word above all else. Now, there was an aspect, though, of the special occasions or topics. Um, really, to make this even clearer, what we're talking about here is more or less um, church holidays or significant days in the life of the believer that would be coming up, like maybe an Advent series or Easter, or, um, you know, things of that nature, or maybe taking a break and doing a series on the mission and vision of the church at different times of the year, or, you know, take the opportunity to allow a guest preacher to come in and address a specific topic that they're gifted in. And really just ensuring that the believers in the church have a full um, just range of resources for them. Now, even in those moments, though, the elder or maybe guest elder coming to preach would um, really be approaching scripture in the same manner but just not verse by verse through a certain set of scripture that we had been working on previously. 
a lot of times these may kind of show up in between books of the Bible or special holidays. Last thing I want to look at before I swap uh, the conversation over David and let him ask a few questions is really the idea of what this will look like outside of the weekly gathering. Um, what we're going to be having is what we're going to be calling community groups. And our goal is to host these in different communities within the Columbus area. Like one specifically I know that we're working towards is having one in the Caledonia area in my home personally. And the way that we're going to approach this is really just making sure God's word is being preached, uh, really being taught, not preached, but taught in those settings to ensure that the Bible studies and just the things that we're working through, maybe not as the church as a whole, but a small part of the church, is just geared towards God's word and not our personal opinions. Because often in these moments, we show up to a Bible study, somebody will read a scripture and ask, what does that mean to you or something of that nature? And though that approach is not always bad, generally speaking, it leads us to what we call eisegesis, meaning uh, really how does this apply before eschegesis, which is how does God intend for this to be understood before we apply. So talking about the uh, you know, preaching and teaching of Scripture, how how is the Scripture, I would say, practiced in the Old Testament? Okay, um, and just to kind of give some forewarning here, what we're going to be looking at is um, Old Testament, how it was practiced in the life of Christ, how it was practiced in the life of the early church, and then how preaching should be in general. But David, as you asked, kind of the Old Testament, um, one good example of this, and for the sake of time, because we want to keep these short and beneficial for the listener, is Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. That's Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. This is moment after uh, Ezra and the Israelites rebuild the city walls in the book of Ezra. And then in Nehemiah, they're in the process of finishing up the temple uh, for Israel. They gather together, families together, men, women. Um, though the scripture may not say children, we definitely would have known that there were children there because it says anybody that could listen was there, right? Mm -hmm. And so these men, women, children gathered and Ezra and these other uh, essentially elders within the community are gathered on this platform that sounds much like modern day pulpits and just really gathered around reading the law of God. And the response of the people is worship, saying amen, bowing their heads, worshiping God. And what you see in this, though, is this moment where they read the scripture and these people come alongside Ezra to teach the people the scripture. And I think we see this clear picture of the reading and preaching of God's word corporately and then even a small picture of personal um, not personal, but rather uh, smaller groups gathering for the understanding of God's word. Um, so that's kind of an example of the Old Testament. Now, there could be other examples, but that's one of the biggest examples I could really think of because it really gives us this clear picture of almost how we orchestrate church now. Yeah, I mean, uh, it talked about them having a worship service together, you know, reading and teaching of the word. But I think it was kind of even cooler to see in the Old Testament where you know all these people with uh, Nehemiah and Ezra got together and uh, broke down the scripture yeah. so the people understood. You know, one of the verses we talked about it said they read from the book from the law of God and clearly they gave the sense so that people understood the reading. And I think that's critical 
yeah. when it comes to understanding scriptures, you know, making sure that you know what it's talking about because a lot of people can just read something and it mm-hmm. it's just, you know, oh, this is what this says. But it means completely something completely different than what they're thinking. Yeah, and I think it's the work of the pastor, elder teaching, is to ensure that the, the listener can understand it. And if they can't, at least orchestrate and have this culture to where the pastor can be approached with questions. Yeah. Now, how was the scripture practiced by Jesus? Um, I think we see this in multiple ways. Uh, just because, you know, obviously Christ is the image of the invisible God. Um, and even John 1, 1 and one fourteen says that the word became flesh and dwelt among men. Um, and so we see this picture of Christ being the one that is inspired scripture. Um, and so he's definitely got his hand on all of scripture. Um, but in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 22, we see this moment in Nazareth where Jesus comes into the synagogue on the Sabbath day as he had a practice of doing. Um, significant there is synagogue is different than temple. And so it's this time where they would come together, they would read the law of the prophets together, and then they would teach on it, expand upon it, really much like we do church now. And so Jesus does this, and he reads from the prophet Isaiah. And in reading from the prophet Isaiah, He's essentially saying, I am the fulfillment of this, which leads to the desire to kill Jesus by those in Nazareth. Um, But I think the example we see in this, though, is that Christ himself making this practice of reading a scroll and teaching it in the synagogue shows us what the pastor does in everyday churches. Now, what I find significant about this, though, is that in the culture of the Israelites and synagogues, they most likely use some form of liturgy or uh, some form of regular preaching, uh, reading of scripture to, to expand upon it. And oftentimes it would be picking back up the week before where they uh, picking back up from the week before that week, which is much like preaching through books. And so I think we see a small glimpse into that, but also we see this just abundantly clear practice of reading God's word and teaching God's word. Now we're not Jesus and we can't do it the same way he did. But we can read scripture and say, now this is how it relates to Jesus and how it should change the way that we now relate to Christ himself. Yeah. Now, how was scripture practiced in the early church? Uh, There's plenty, plenty of examples of this. You have Stephen uh, right before he dies. You have Peter on the day of Pentecost. You have many moments where the disciples preached and taught. um, But one very, very significant one is found in First Corinthians chapter 1, 17 through 25. Now, Paul is addressing this issue with uh, this church. They were boasting in who baptized them. And so Paul was really highlighting the fact that, you know, he didn't play an ample, uh, not ample, but he didn't play a significant part in the life of these people by baptizing them because God didn't necessarily call him to baptize, but to preach. Now, we all know Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So Paul is not saying that he's not called to baptize in the same sense that we could take and run with it. What he's saying is my most significant calling isn't to baptize anyone, but rather is to preach the gospel. And that's where my worth is, is the gospel that I preach, not what I do with my physical hands. 
And so Paul is saying, I come to preach the gospel, not to teach, not to baptize. Now, after that, Paul expands on this topic of the gospel or the, the life of Christ being folly, meaning being foolish to the unbeliever, but being the hope of eternal life for the believer. And what he's getting at here is the Christians kind of held to this idea that this guy that was crucified, meaning killed by the hands of the leadership of the government, was their hope. One that committed treason and blasphemy was their hope. So it seems foolish to the onlooking world. But what Paul is addressing here is this, this isn't foolish. Rather, this is our hope. That our faith in Christ Jesus is our only hope. And in this, though, you see three times where Paul uses the word preach. Now, I think we kind of could take and say that we all have this calling to preach the gospel because of what Matthew 28 says. But I think there is a connection here to the church itself because it's written to a church in a context. And so what Paul is alluding to here is calling to preach. Now, when you think of that, and you think of this idea of preaching Christ crucified, it makes me really wonder of, you know, how are we to preach? And I think that's where John chapter 5, it's 39 and 40, and then 45 and 46, really gets to this point where Jesus is addressing these Pharisees. And he says, all of Scripture, this is 40, 39 and 40, he says, all of Scripture's, point to me, and now I'm paraphrasing, I'm not reading it exactly, but all of scriptures point to me, that I'm the fulfillment of all of scripture. And then in 45 and 46, he goes on to say that you believe in Moses and think believing in Moses is going to save you, meaning the law. But then he goes on to say, but if you don't believe me, then you don't believe Moses. Because I am the fulfillment of what Moses was addressing. So I think what we can walk away with understanding is that all of Scripture is either pointing back to the fall of man or either pointing to Christ himself and our need for him. So all of Scripture, we can see something of Christ in it. Now, we're not the people that look for Christ under every rock, but rather try to understand rightly how God is working through redemptive history in Christ Jesus and looking and pointing towards him. So as we look at this example of how we ought to preach, if all of scripture is pointing to Jesus, then why would we do anything besides trust in the authority of God's word week in and week out? See, many people would say preaching verse by verse through books of the Bible is lazy or uncreative or if not being led by the spirit. But I would say all of that is just a terrible thought process because when we preach verse by verse through scripture, through books of the Bible, what we're allowing God to do is transform us each week by the authority of his word because our sole focus is working through that specific book of the Bible in a way that it's connected to each other. And in doing that, we're focusing on Christ and him crucified. Yeah, I mean, um, going back to what Paul said, that he was called to preach and not mainly just to baptize, but to preach. I mean, without the gospel, being baptized is you're just getting wet. And so, right. so the gospel really just needs to be center in our lives. I mean, like I said, we're not ones that's going to look for 
you know, the gospel in every little thing that we um, do, every little rock we turn over, but more in focus that we're letting the gospel shine through us. Um, right. We're letting our lives, you know, reflect what we've read, what we've learned from Jesus' teaching. Um, that's right. And that's where I think all of this is so significant in the way that we preach and teach. Because in weeks to come, um, for the next two weeks, we're going to look at a couple more core values. And then we'll kind of get to the second part of the gospel sometime after that. But what we're going to see in our core values is biblical structure, biblical worship, biblical community, and biblical mission. And we started with biblical preaching and teaching is because God's Word cultivates these other four areas. And so we start here because the sole focus of our church will be the right preaching of God's word because that is what dictates how we how we structure our church that is what completely influences our worship you can't worship God in truth if you don't know God you don't know God unless you're looking at scripture correctly uh, from there it focuses on how we have community together and then how we go out and do mission work and so um, this week we looked at biblical preaching and teaching, and as I said, we didn't address everything in this statement. And you're you're feel free to reach out to me personally, or even our other elder Troy, and we can kind of clarify some of this if we need to. Um, and if you're listening to this and it's uh, fairly recent from it being recorded, feel free to join us one Sunday at three o'clock. Uh, we would love to have you. David, do you have anything to add before we jump off of this recording? Uh, I just want to say, um, going off one of the scriptures we read, Paul said that you know, he he taught the scripture not with elegant words. And James mentioned Matthew, was it uh, 20, 1928? Mm-hmm. Talking about the Great Commission, us going out and spreading the gospel. Um, you know, we live as... The gospel in our heart, spreading it every day. Um, and don't think that you have to have a some kind of biblical degree, some theological degree, whatever, to tell people about Jesus. You don't. Um, just tell your story. Um, the gospel says the disciples were unlearned men. They didn't have any degrees in biblical teaching. They just uh, went off what Jesus said and was able to spread Jesus' word. So my encouragement is don't be hesitant to tell your story about what Jesus has done for you and how he's living through you because that could be the only Bible somebody could read. All right. Well, on that thought process, let's look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20 together. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let us be people of committed to sharing the gospel and making disciples. We hope that this episode was beneficial for you, and God bless. Thank you for listening to another podcast episode for Redeemer Church in Columbus, Mississippi. We hope this material has been beneficial. 